0: Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements
1: of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or
2: its staff.
0: Hello, ACB community. I'm Mika, and we are back with another wonderful class with Matt Volbrick from the Tech Juggernaut. And today... Today's class is entitled Holding the Web in Your Hand, um, or something very close to it. So (laughs) we are going to be working on learning about using the Internet um, with iOS, which is very, very exciting. And so, Matt,
2: it's all yours. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much, Mika. Thanks to everybody for having me. It's great to be here once again with all of you. Before we get started, I have two very quick disclaimers. Number one, if there is any background noise or any issues with the audio, if I start sounding like a robot or anything, it's all going to be over in about five minutes. I suspect we are about three or four miles away from our destination, but we are on the road. To my knowledge, the cell phone signal is stable the whole way, but there will be a little bit of noise just making the transfer, and then transferring from cellular to the Wi-Fi network where I'm going to be staying could potentially cause some temporary noise. So if there is any... Thing like that I promise it will not last. Also uh, if there is any gap in my availability during those transfers, we do have Rita with us. I think we're also going to have Cliff with us if I'm not mistaken but um, we do have Rita and if she hasn't joined already, she will be joining very soon. And I've asked her to assist with some of the uh, demos today if we get to do some demos because uh, I am a beta tester for Apple. And my iPad that I normally use to demo the stuff that we talk about is running the iPad OS 14 beta, and I am not permitted to share that with you guys uh, unless you become beta testers, which I highly encourage. But um, nevertheless, I, I can't. If, if there's anything that would make it different from the current version or anything like that, I'm not allowed to show it to you. A lot is the same, uh, but I just started running the beta, and so I'm not a hundred percent sure where the boundaries are of what's the same and what's different. So I don't want to get myself or anybody else in trouble. So I've asked trainer Rita if she would use her iPad or iPhone to demo whatever we feel needs to be demoed today. So as Mika said, we are going to be talking about Safari and web browsing. Now, as you know, with these types of sessions, really the only thing we can do is give you a whirlwind tour, right? So we can we can wet your appetite. We can make you want to know more about it, hopefully. And, and maybe we can take away some of the potential anxiety that you might feel when you're thinking about Safari and browsing the web and things of that nature. It is absolutely not possible for us to teach you everything in this 90-minute session. But at the end of the session, we're going to give you contact info for the tech juggernaut, we're going to tell you how to subscribe to the blog, just like we always do. And we have free classes and paid training, both available. And so if you need to take things to the next level, that's your recommended course of action. And and then by all means, you'll be able to learn everything you ever wanted to know about the safari, I think. But what we're going to do is to kind of give you an overview, kind of talk about it, maybe demo some things a little bit. And if we have time, I also want to talk briefly about staying secure, keeping your identity secure and private, keeping safe when you are browsing the web, because I think that's one of the most asked questions that we get is, how do you do that? How do I make sure you know what I'm doing is safe? Is my is my iPad or my iPhone really safe out there on the World Wide Web? And so with that said, we want to get started because we want to make sure we uh, allow some time for your questions as well. Now, I will say this, I have seen lots and lots of people use their iPad, their iPhones for a variety of tasks, maybe messages, email and you know, phone and other things. And just like we said with the calendar a few weeks ago, Safari tends to be the same kind of thing where when a person gets to the point where they want to browse the web, I've seen on many occasions, folks want to go back to the PC because they think that's the only way they can confidently navigate the web, especially if they have to fill out online forms or complete CAPTCHAs or do anything else like that. And I'm here to tell you that is just simply not the case. I have actually been using the iPad and iPhone full-time now for about uh, three years as as a computer replacement, um, maybe even closer to five years, I forget that it's 2020 now. Um, and, and I have truly replaced my uh, traditional computer with my iPad, my iPhone, and that includes web browsing. And so when we browse the web, we are using our, our iPad. And when I'm filling out forms, I'm doing them online with my iPad. One of the greatest things that you're going to hear today, as far as I'm concerned, is that the iPad supports true desktop class web browsing and that means that those websites where it used to say hey you need to you know you need to visit this website from a pc or a mac that is no longer the case because the ipad supports true desktop web browsing so no matter what the website is you are fine to visit it on your ipad and for the most part that applies to your iphone as well most websites are going to work just fine on the iphone as well now, the, the, the interface, the way that it looks, is slightly different on the iPhone versus the iPad. I think Trainer Rita has her iPhone that she's going to be using to demo today. How are uh, you doing? Yeah. Hi there. Good. And Rita and Cliff are, as well as uh, Trainer Lynn and I, are all going to be doing a uh, virtual tech summit live stream tomorrow evening. We're going to put that on the blog today, too. So make sure you stay tuned to that because that's where we'll announce all of our upcoming classes that we're going to be teaching in the fall and in the spring. And we'll have some fun while we're doing it. So Rita, you're going to be using an iPhone for this, correct? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, I think the oh. first thing, Oh, do what's you that? want me to get the iPad? Do you want me to? Oh. I don't, I don't care. It's totally up to you. We probably don't okay. have time I... to do both. So you pick whatever you want.
1: Okay. I'll do the iPhone. I got it right here. Okay.
2: Okay. All right. All right. So she is using an iPhone, not on beta, they tease me about that so that's why we do relentlessly and so Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so um we are going to talk about the layout of safari on the iphone i'm going to explain it to you and then i'll have rita just sort of demo it a little bit now when you first open safari for the very very first time you're a brand new apple user whatever you might have the Apple website come up as your first page, or you might have nothing pop up. These are not like computers used to be, or maybe still are, where you know it opens to a, a website, you know, Microsoft.com or whatever. You open a new tab or a new page on your Safari web browser, and it really just opens to a blank page that shows you your search bar, your your bookmarks and favorites, and, and we'll talk about all those things here in a moment. But the other thing that Safari will do once you've used it a few times is or really even once you've used it once it's going to open to the last thing that you used and so when you open safari the last page that you visited is still going to be there now you have the option to close your tabs manually we always joke with rita uh, her husband tells her that she is not only is she ocd but she's so ocd that she actually has to be cdo because the letters have to be alphabetical. And so <laughs> with, with Rita, I imagine, Rita, you probably close your tabs every time you leave Safari. Is that an accurate assumption?
1: That is correct.
2: I, okay. Even though I've got the settings set to close <laughs> after one day, I don't. Right. No. <laughs> now I'm terrible. Now I don't close mine either, Mika, but I'll tell you what I do. I do take advantage of that setting that Rita just talked about, which there is a setting, and I know we're jumping around here a little bit, but as I said, it's a whirlwind tour anyway. We can't you know um because there's so much there is a setting uh within your settings app and then under safari that will automatically close unused tabs after a period of time so i have mine set for every day it will do that now it has to be as i said an unused tab if you use a tab today that tab will not close all right but if a, if a tab has been completely unused for at least a 24-hour period it will automatically close, and you can set it for every day, every week, every month. There are different options there, so I do have it set like that, so that I don't build up, you know, fifty-seven tabs or or something crazy like that in Safari. Uh,
1: but prior to uh, iOS thirteen, I was helping someone with this tab issue and i said okay long press on the tab button which is in the bottom right hand corner of your phone and she long pressed and i swear to you she had 852 tabs open and wow i fell over and so i was like you've got to clear those because it's using you know assist it you know it's just a a lot open and, and using system resources and Uh, So anyway, I'm compulsive. So
2: (laughs) Absolutely. So when when Rita opens her Safari web browser, you're not going to have any open pages because she closes them every time (laughs) manually. And that's okay. (laughs) But as I said, for, for most of us, maybe we will open it and we'll be on the last page that we visited. Now, at the very top, sort of right at the top middle of the screen, and I'll let Rita demo this, in a moment and it's going to work out perfectly no, because cool. I'll I'll be walking into my destination while she's demoing so I can just let her have the floor for a few minutes but um, I'll describe it first at the top of the screen right in the middle is the address and search bar this is a universal address and search field and what that means is you can you can type a URL in there Closing you know game. apple.com or ACB. You know, whatever you want to type, you can type your URL in there. But you can also type various search terms. One of the biggest things that I see people do, not really a mistake, but just an unnecessary step that adds time to their workflow, is I see people going to Google or going to Yahoo or something to search for whatever they want to search. There is no need to do that because this universal search an address field will allow you to type search terms in there and then double tap on the button at the, well, it's where the return key would be. So on the on-screen keyboard of an iPhone, that's going to be at the bottom right. And on an iPad, it's going to be to the right of the letter L. You just you know tap on that return and that's the search button that performs that um, that task, either whether it's using the, um, whether it's using uh, the the URL you entered or or just a search term. So when you do that, you can search for things right in that field. And it will use whatever the default search engine is that you have, you can set that up in settings, you know, you can choose from Google, Yahoo, Bing. And I think there's one more here in the US that's supported maybe DuckDuckGo or something like that. And then different countries have uh, different countries have different default search engine choices that they can have now what we'll do is we'll uh, you know we'll be able to type a search term in there you know best lasagna recipes or um, you know uh, ACB radio or you know, whatever we want to search for we can just type search terms in there just as we would type them in the Google, search field that a lot of people flock to, and they don't really need to. And then it's gonna load your default search engine with those search results. So this is a handy feature. Again, this is a universal address and search field, right at the top middle of the screen. You're going to have some buttons to the left and to the right of it. To the left of it is a uh, formatting options button. This allows you to display several different choices. Um, I'm getting to this place here in a moment where I'm going to be going on to Wi-Fi. So if I, if I break up and cut out, I'll either be right back or I'll, I'll have to call back in if I get disconnected. But it will, be, it will be quick. But I just wanted to give you a heads up that it's coming up here in a minute. Um, okay. Anyhow, you have this, this, this button to the left of the address bar that's your formatting options that has several features that we're going to describe. Uh, hopefully, we'll get time to describe them. A really powerful thing called reader mode. That lets you strip away all the ads and all the unnecessary content and just leaves you with a beautiful rendering of the actual text of your article or your blog post. That's under format options. Uh, Showing the desktop versus the mobile version of a page, that's under format options. The uh, font size and appearance, the scaling of the page, all of that stuff is under that format options button that's just to the left of the address and search bar. To the right of the address and search bar, you're going to find the reload button which will refresh the page if you need to do so. And during that brief period of time while a page is loading, it also is a stop button if you wanted to actually stop the page from loading. Now all of the rest of your screen is dedicated to the website that you are visiting at any given moment, except for the very, very bottom of the screen. The bottom of the screen has several buttons. You have a back button, you have a forward button, you have a, uh, a, a button to show and hide the, uh, the bookmarks, which really on iPhone is just going to bring up a separate screen with the bookmarks. You have a button for your tabs, which uh, allow you to view the the open tabs that you have and switch back and forth. And you have the share button, which will actually share the uh, website that you're viewing and give you many different options as to how to share that. So. That's the, the overall layout of the page. Now, it's different on an iPad. Those buttons like back and forward and stuff like that on the iPad, they're actually up at the top with the address bar. Um, but Rita's got her iPhone there. So I'm going to give her the, the floor for a moment and ask her if she would just demonstrate just what we've talked about so far. And maybe, Rita, if you have a page you want to go to or a search you want to type, you can, you can go ahead and do that as well.
1: Sure. Okay. All right. Okay, okay, here goes. Okay, now I um, just a, a pre warning I'm waiting on a phone call from an appliance delivery, so I haven't turned on Do Not Disturb. <laughs> so, in case my phone rings, um, okay, so I normally when I do these, I always turn on Do Not Disturb. Um, so, let me turn this up. Uh, And do not disturb. I'm telling you, people way underutilize that. I know we're talking about Safari, but um, when when you're doing something with somebody or you don't want to be interrupted, just say to Siri, turn on do not disturb. And that really does help keep stuff down to a minimum or when you're listening to a podcast. And the only
2: thing you got to watch about that is you got to make sure that you set the silence to always if you actually want that to apply while your phone is awake. Otherwise, it will only be on when locked, which is the default. So I've heard people turn on, and I've actually done this because I forget. You know, I I turn on do not disturb, but why am I still getting these notifications? Well, there's a setting under settings and do not disturb. It says silence, and you can choose always or when locked. And it determines whether do not disturb when it's on will actually be in effect even when your phone is in use or only when it's locked. Mm
1: -hmm. Yes. So I find that when I've got my phone open and running, You know, when I'm in something and I say to it, turn on, do not disturb, that uh, automatically goes to that silence. That's my experience. Uh, where I don't have to go, I don't have to say, you know, well, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> don't worry. Uh, well, anyway, so very handy. I'm sorry we're off track, but okay. I'm going to turn on. Uh, I'm going to open up Safari. Page two of six. Let me Watch turn it up a little
3: bit. Swipe up or down with one finger to it out. page. Two of six. Phone. Safari.
1: Okay. Now, Safari by okay. default, unless you've changed your home screen around, is always. Uh, on your home screen on the bottom right-hand corner. Okay, so that's the Apple's uh, search engine. Um, down the road, there's going to be other options for you to have default search engines And iOS 14. Uh, I really like Safari. It Apple has uh, security in mind, and so I'd rather use Safari when I can because they've got more security measures in place, more—I uh, don't know if they're called firewalls, but um, more um, privacy issues for you know, such as tracking and so forth. So, so anyway, so I've opened the Safari page. Um, Mika, can you hear this phone? Am I good?
3: Yes, you're like that.
1: Yes. Okay. Okay. Great. Okay. So what I do is I always. Uh, when you go into something for the very first time, if you do a two finger flick up, it reads from the top down. If you open something and you say you've touched something on the screen, say you touch something and the voiceover cursor jumped, well, then it'll read from the voiceover cursor down. So sometimes people will do a two finger flick down and they're like, well, I can't find that feature. I can't find that thing you're talking about. And it's because they've brought the focus You know, as soon as you touch something on your screen, the voiceover cursor is going to jump. So it's either, you know, and if you touch something near the bottom, it'll jump to the bottom. Okay? So a two-finger flick up will read continuously. So I'm just going to do that, and then I'm going to stop it just so you can hear. So I'm doing a two-finger flick
3: up. Address. Search or enter website name. Favorites. Heading. show less, Button. Google. Button. American Foundation for the Blind. Home page. Button. Home.
1: Okay. So I just... I just stop it. Okay. So it's just reading down. Okay. And Matt talked about, there's always these four tabs that are at the bottom. I think there's four or five lists. I'm going to touch near the bottom. Back, dim, okay. There's back. And, and it says dimmed because, um, I don't have any back pages to go to because I compulsively closed out my support pages, Uh, but, but you can also double tap and hold. These are called long press actions and that opens history. Okay. So I'm going to touch it again so you can hear the prompt. Such back, dim, button, forward, dim, button. Okay. So, um, okay. So we got, I got the back button. Then we got the forward button.
3: Share, dim, button. Share. Show bookmarks.
1: Button show books arcs tabs button. tabs tabs okay button. that's it okay so i can um i can touch near the top and he wanted me to go to a site let's try acb.org address
3: search or enter website name
1: okay so Don't what i to show control what i did to get the address bar up here okay i mean the address just whatever it um i just brought my finger up and i touched near the top of the screen um I think when people started learning how to use their Apple iOS devices, they started, because uh, trainers even told people, just flick around and you'll find it eventually. You know, flick, 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 flick. You know, and that's kind of a tedious way to, to find things. Um, and so we've been teaching people to lift their hands, to touch and come and to also get some kind of understanding as to the screen, that's why I always recommend you do that two finger flick up, especially when something's new, you're in a brand new app. So anyway, so I've touched in to the top left, I brought the focus. It's the address field, so I'm going to do a one finger double tap to get it to open.
3: Address, address, text field is editing. Okay, enter website so name. we're
1: gonna we're gonna type. Start. I'm going to type acb.org. I could dictate here. A C
3: B, B B space period period o. A C O O R R G
1: G okay and then there's a go in the bottom right
3: go go
1: okay Safari, so format options button okay. so it's it's getting there Switch okay make- so so now I have touched the top of the screen just to bring the focus up here
2: A C
3: D logo okay ring, image,
2: text field and I think I'm uh I think I'm back with everybody here you yes can keep- you are. You can keep going, Rita. You're doing an excellent job. But yeah, I was that was perfect timing, Mika, because I was actually about to tell you that I was going to mute myself for a minute anyway, but you beat me to it so that you're on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. Um, Follow us on Facebook
3: okay. By clicking so, so address, ACP.org, reload, button, skip to main content, ACP I'm looking Click for the
1: format address,
3: button. ACP.org, reload, address, format options.
1: Oh, there it is. Format options. Formatting okay, options. so let's just go there to the format options, okay? Because that is got some really handy features in it. Okay, so Safari, I I scale
3: one hundred percent adjustable.
1: I double tap the button format down, options. To
3: the view, dim, button, toolbar button request desktop website button website settings button website settings. Okay, that's request, it. Toolbar, and that
2: particular page does not have like that because that's the main page of the site. I guess it's not going to support that reader mode that I was talking about. So you heard that it said it's dimmed. It's it's grayed dimmed. out. You can't mm-hmm. show the reader mode. Actually, the reader mode is available in the rotor if you land on that format options button when the reader is available. But it, as I said, it's not available on this page. And the, the other thing too, which which Rita, thank you so much for uh, holding down the fort there. You did an excellent job with what I was having, what I, exactly what I was looking for there. Um, and we can keep going with the demos too. But I, I just was going to say when you, um, when you type a web address, a lot of times, just like with autocorrect and quick type and all these other things, a lot of folks who cannot see tend to ignore those things because they don't think that they're going to be conducive to a blind person using them. And so they, they miss out on these things that actually can really, really save them time. And here's one of those cases when you start typing a web address it is going to auto populate with with multiple results if i have visited a website frequently or it, or recently or if it's in my favorites or bookmarks or any of those kinds of things it's going to populate as an option like acb. what is dot acb.org correct yes correct so if i were just to type ac and I was, you know, somebody. If I visited frequently, that would be my top hit. I'd be able to swipe to the right. I wouldn't even have to type the rest of the letters. I would just find acb.org, and I'd double tap. You might also get Siri results. So certain things you type will cause Siri to suggest different answers or different websites and all sorts of things. So it's it's a really useful way. And then you can also go. You heard when Rita demonstrated that the bookmarks button is down there at the bottom as one of those tabs and. Um, of course, you can go into your bookmarks and you can pick something once you've bookmarked it. The other thing that we noticed there, again, because we're just trying to give you a whirlwind tour here, the other thing that we noticed is the back button when Rita tapped on it. Of course, it was it was grayed out because there was nowhere back to go. That was the first site she had been on. But we noticed it said double tap and hold to access history. That, or to view history, whatever. That mm-hmm. is almost everyone, if not everyone, of those buttons have long press options. And when you hear us say long press, that's because that is the technical term. That's Apple's term for what we do as a double tap and hold or now in iOS 13 you can actually triple tap to get that those long press actions as well. But for a sighted user it is literally just a long press. You tap and you hold on it. And so every one of those buttons, back, forward, bookmarks, tabs, all of those buttons have long press actions that can make your life easier. For example, bookmarks if you double tap and hold, or I'm just going to say long press from now on because you know what that means now. If, if you long press on the bookmarks button, you have an option to add the current page to bookmarks. If you long press on the tabs button, that's where you can do what Rita said. You can close all 800 of your tabs if you have them <laughs> open, or, or you can close just one tab, or you can add all the open tabs to bookmarks before you close them. So there's all kinds of long press shortcut options. They're contextual options. And you want to really take a look at them sometime you get a chance because they will really make your life easier. Now, on an average day, when you're just browsing, I mean, we're talking a lot about the interface, right? We're talking a lot about the toolbars, the buttons, you know, the formatting options, all these different things. But what we ultimately need to be able to do, right, is we need to be able to navigate the main website. I mean, that's the whole reason for using Safari. If we want to go to ACB, we want to get their information. We want to find out when the next uh, session is that we'd like to join or what's on ACB radio or, you know, whatever it is we want to find out. So on an average day, Rita, how do you like to navigate your web pages? You have a preference as to what you do when you're on a website.
1: I like headings. So I'm, I'm in the, I'm still in this format option. So I'm going to do a Z scrub, uh, which is a quick two finger left and right back and forth to close format options. It closed that out. And so if I want the reader view, which when I'm in an article just to get the text, I do that. Um, But I um, I turn the rotor to headings and I navigate by by headings.
2: That's right. And I I agree with you a thousand percent. I I prefer heading navigation also uh, when it's supported. Now, not every website has headings, but when they do those headings are very, very useful. And so these, you do that, of course, most of you probably know, but I know every once in a while, we've run into someone who doesn't, you find that option in the rotor. So again, as we've said before, the rotor is a virtual on screen control that you access by turning two fingers, like rotating two fingers on the screen, as if you were turning a dial, or a knob. And the rotor is designed to give you various options as to how to navigate or how to edit text or how to interact with your text or with whatever you're viewing. And the rotor is dynamic meaning and it's context aware. So that means it changes depending on what you're doing. And in Safari, the rotor is just filled with options and you can add even more if you go into settings and uh, accessibility and voiceover and then you go to rotor. You can add lots of things to the rotor uh, for navigating web pages. I have a few. Uh, I have headings, links. Um, what else do I have? Form controls. That's basically any form field. I think I have buttons in there. I I have a few different things. okay. And then there are some that will just automatically appear even if I don't have them in the rotor. Things like uh, misspelled words when it needs to be there, although that doesn't apply to web browsing, but still, you get the idea. Uh, Rows applies to web browsing if you happen to be in a table on a website. So you're going to turn the rotor to headings, and then you swipe up and down. You swipe down with one finger to go to the next heading. You swipe up with one finger to go to the previous heading. And... Once you once you have found a heading that you want, you swipe to the right to keep going. So left and right swipes with one finger, which some people call flicks. I know some people get very hung up on being technically correct between what's a flick and what's a swipe. I'm telling you, Apple uses the terms interchangeably. So it's not ever something to uh, get in an argument with somebody over because they, they, do, they really do use them interchangeably. You know, what, what so- voiceover practice mode calls it versus what's in the user guide. You just never know.
1: So for example, when you've got like a lot of, you know, web pages, there's a lot of material, hundreds of pages, you know, you can navigate through. And so when you turn the rotor with the two finger um, turn, like you're turning a dial and you flick down to headings, what's happening is it's jumping from heading to heading to heading. And then say you're halfway down the page and the heading you want, like a specific article, like, for example, I'll turn the rotor.
3: Lines, speaking rate, headings.
1: I'm on headings. Five headings. Okay, so it's got five headings. So I'm going to flick down once with one finger.
3: Our mission, heading level one, American Council of the Blind, heading level two, 287 subscribers, heading level three.
1: Okay, so (laughs) like that. And so if I, um, then I would touch there. And start flicking right to read what's under that heading.
2: Exactly. So uh, you also, want to-
1: just one other thing, Matt. Go ahead, go ahead. Um, do you think the item chooser works here? Like, say, for example, you go to a like I was yes. looking. I was looking at a website the other day called Lambert's. It's L A M B E R T Z. They make uh, the German cookie company. <laughs> Okay. um, Okay. Hundreds of you know links on this item. Yeah, I tell you um, where
2: I use that. Uh, Well, go ahead. Go ahead and give your example. Yeah.
1: And so, um, say you want just I just like I want to call these people. I just want their contact information. I don't want to flick through all this crap trying to get to a phone number. So uh, if you do the item chooser, it's a two finger triple tap. (laughs) That's correct. Um, It will alphabetize.
2: So like I don't know if it'll work
1: on ACB. I could try it when we try it. Or, Every
2: or, once in or, a while, you run into one that it doesn't, but it usually will. And not only will it alphabetize, but it'll it has to search, field. Oh, search field. Oh, there you go. Yep. there you go. I just double did it. A,
1: a two yep. finger double tap, a two finger triple tap brings up triple. the item yep. chooser, and it said it has seventy three items, so everything should be listed now alphabetically. So I'm just gonna flick
3: section index. Copyright two thousand two thousand twenty eight two thousand. 2020, 2020, 280, ACP Advocacy, ACP Angels, ACP Email List, logo, ACP Radio. Where okay, you're listening is our so business. if
1: I go to C, let's see if C, C is, is a contact us.
3: conference, convention podcast, CVS Pharmacy introduces new nope. ad- Community conference, become a member. CVS Farm. Donate. So so no, I don't see a contact. contact us. Right. right. Um, it may
2: be right. know, something else, but now and this is, this is great. get out of yeah. this, you do a Z scrub. Go ahead. That's right. That's right. This is what, and, and I will be honest with you. I don't use it that often because normally I like to just explore the page, but I'll tell you when I do use it, if I am calling somebody and a lot of times I call places and I don't tell them that I can't see unless I need to, because sometimes, it affects the way that they interact with me. They don't think I'll be able to do something just because I can't see. So most of the time I just don't say anything. I mean, if they point blank, ask, or if they need to know, I'll tell them, you know, but so anyway, what then happens is they'll say, well, now there's going to be uh, look for the link that says contact us. Okay. Well, if I want to find that really quickly, and I've never been on this page before, that's when the item chooser comes in handy because I can just search. And as Rita did, you can swipe Alphabetically through everything that's on there. It also has a section index, you heard, which is the new name for what used to be called table index until iOS 13. Uh, section index is, you know, you can swipe up and down with one finger to jump from A to B to C. Oh, I should to have B, done that. D. Sorry. Yeah. Well, that's OK. But I mean, it's there. And then there is a search field. So you could actually start typing C O N for contact, you know, and that search field will then only display the results that, of what matches what you searched for. So that is a two finger triple tap, as she said, to get into it a Z scrub to get out of it. And it is very handy for those times that you need to quickly find something on a page. Um, now I want to, well, let me see where we're at here. So it's okay. It's about 335. What I think I'd like to do is uh, I'd like to take our first round of questions. You may have questions like, you know, how do you add something to bookmarks or how do you do this or that? And you know, you may think, well, why didn't he cover that? Well, as I said, there's just too much to cover in 90 minutes. So I want to get your questions and try to answer them. And that I think will help us to structure the next few minutes. And then I do want to talk about some of the advanced features, like I mentioned to you, filling out forms, and web privacy and security, and captchas and all that fun stuff. And then we'll take another round of questions. So Mika, if you don't mind, let's, uh, let's get some questions from the folks.
0: I don't mind at all. And to ask a question, if you are calling on a um, on a phone with a keypad, it's star nine. If you are using a smartphone or tablet, it's in the lower right hand corner under More, and double tap on Raise Hands. If you're on a PC, it's Alt Y, and if you're on a Mac, it is Options Y. And please be ready to unmute yourself when you get that notice that I will be sending. And let me just. Actually, and I'm going to ask my question. (laughs) So, um, Matt, I love browsing the internet, but I have always found using um, Safari, like I've always found it to feel kind of unfamiliar and uncomfortable um, sometimes. And one of the frustrations that I have is that sometimes when you go to a new website, um... Maybe you've never visited it before. They have these lovely little boxes that pop up and it's like sign up for our newsletter. Well, I'm already that's already a huge no because now you've just disrupted my browsing. And um and I can't find a way to get out of those little boxes when they come up. Sometimes there's a close button, but more often than not than not, there isn't. And the only way that I've found to be able to do it is to turn off voiceover and go to they usually pop up in the center of the screen and tap my finger on on hopefully a spot of the screen that is not that box um, and go from there and then turn voiceover back on and hope that it worked interesting Um, okay I was wondering if you if you have dealt with that at all so the
2: the first thing I'm curious I I guess obviously from from your statement there, then you do have some some vision, correct? I do, but, I, okay.
0: but if I didn't, I would, be quite, I would be quite lost.
2: Well, what I'm wondering is if that is actually causing more of a detriment. And I'm only saying that, first of all, and I'll actually give you a, a better answer than that then too, but I, I just, conversationally, I'm just wondering, because I don't see that happening very often. And I'm wondering if voiceover is avoiding it while you're physically seeing it. And so it's getting distracting because you can see it and voice. I don't know, but here's, here's some tips for what you might try with voiceover. Um, You, you could try, first of all, I would make sure that um, block pop-ups is turned on in your settings and in Safari block pop-ups to be on and prevent cross-site tracking is on those two settings, especially the block pop-ups can minimize not totally, Uh, do away with, but it can mitigate that kind of um, interruption. If you do get one, um, if you can tap with voiceover with one finger, like near the middle of the screen to to get onto that ad or that pop-up or that, you know, whatever it may be, usually there is going to be a close button at the very beginning of that, whatever it is. So if you tap on the, the middle of the screen and start swiping left, You'll find it. Another place you can look for it is down near the bottom of the screen. And the easiest way to do that is to do a four finger single tap at the bottom of the screen and then start swiping left. The other thing you can try is that Z scrub that Rita was talking about, which is, of course, a two finger uh, scrub on the screen. Now, sometimes though, that will actually serve as a back button, like that will actually take you to the previous page. So that may not work. There are a couple of ads. I don't see this happen very often. I mean, I could probably count on one hand the number of times that it's ever happened to me, but it has happened though. There are a couple of ads that really do take over and even sighted users have to like close the tab and, and try again. And there was this big thing for a while with Amazon where all of a sudden it'd pop out and be like, congratulations, you won something or other. And like (laughs) the only way you could get out out of it was to close the tab and do the whole thing over again um Rita do you think of any other tips that I'm missing for her maybe um no if you sometimes if you just tap the screen
1: and do that flick to the left that close comes up pretty quick um or that right those are
0: the two I would try (laughs) I will definitely try that because in voiceover isn't skipping over it it says it'll say like dialogue and then you can't get out of it at all oh wow okay Yeah. yeah that would
2: yeah yeah
0: (laughs) <laughs> so, I'm like, you don't need my money. <laughs> this is what you're doing. All right. We do have some questions. Wes, you may unmute yourself, please.
4: Yes. Uh, you mentioned being a beta tester. I'm just curious, how can a person go about, I kind of want to argue, are you a beta tester for Apple? Is that the entity or the beta tester for? And how do you go about uh, getting involved with that? And is
2: that a paid position? uh and, and and what was the last part of that and is that what and this is beta testing paid that you get paid for that okay um with apple it is voluntary it is not paid apple has a public beta testing program um you can find out more about it by visiting beta.apple.com also there is a public beta list that uh, trainer cliff and i both run for people who are beta testing to kind of Bounce ideas off each other. You know, share things that they have reported. I won't take up too much time with this because it's not directly on topic. But I will just say, it is a fantastic experience. Apple really does take your feedback very seriously, so you're you're helping to shape the the final releases. What I encourage people to do is make sure that you are a just be honest with yourself. You know, nobody's going to judge you, but just be honest with yourself. Make sure that you're a positive, uplifting, kind person. That you're you're not going to report feedback to apple that's oh you guys are just terrible this software should never be out there that that's not helpful to anybody and they're just gonna i mean that that just doesn't help anybody so make sure you're you know somebody who is actually going to and the other thing is make sure that you're serious about doing it because you want to report and fix bugs in ios 13 i probably reported 30 to 40 bugs to apple all of which did get fixed by the way but it's you know it's something where it's it's a it's really something to take very very seriously and to make the best use of this pre-release software that they're giving you access to so that, you know, you're, you're added into that masses of people who's testing this when it gets to general public release, then it's as stable as it can possibly be. Um, all right. All right.
0: Um, Haley. Hi guys. Mika, you and I must be shopping on the same websites because I get those pop-ups all the time. So, um, anyway, now I know I'm excited to try it. It's so like, it's so frustrated. Um, So, Matt, I'm not very techie, but I'm really enjoying the calls that you do. And I would like to know how
2: I bookmark things, please. Okay. So bookmarking, there are two ways to do that. When you have a website up in front of you on your phone or iPad or whatever, you can long press, double tap and hold on the bookmarks button. And that, again, on the iPhone is at the bottom of the screen in that list list of, you know, tab, buttons from left to right, back, forward, share, book, right. Okay, you can long press on that and then add to bookmark will be one of the first choices. Or you can double tap on the share button at the bottom of the screen, which for sighted folks is the three dots, like the ellipsis. And share will have in it, if you go down far enough, add to bookmarks and also add to favorites. Now, favorites in Safari is really just a subfolder within bookmarks okay so bookmarks supports multiple subfolders it also has the reading list which is like you can download stuff for offline it has your your browsing history all that is under there but there's multiple folders you can even create your own folders in bookmarks if you really want to organize things favorites is just one of the subfolders so you have a choice there of where you put it
0: and then when i want to go back in and find that website i just do that same Double finger, you know, tap and hold. Yeah, Get- just,
2: just, just. If you want to go back and find it, just double tap on the bookmarks icon. You don't okay, even need perfect. to double tap and hold. Just, yeah, just double okay. tap on the bookmarks icon, and it will, okay. um, it will be there for you. Yes.
0: Okay. Wonderful. Thank you. I appreciate it.
2: No problem. Thank you.
0: All right, Ibrahim you can unmute yourself.
2: My question is, um, I've been using Safari lately, and last time I was on a website, uh, I logged into it. It came up with a pop-up saying, um, "Would you like to add to Safari Keychain?" And I was wondering if that's adding it to like the Safari browser, or is that like adding it to like Apple Keychain? That's a clarification. Right. So Keychain is there really is only one, uh, and it is one and the same. And we are going to talk about Keychain here in a few minutes after we take some more questions. But yeah, Keychain is a great place to store all of your login credentials, your usernames and passwords, both for websites and apps. So I highly encourage that. But yes, we are going to talk about it here in a little bit. And that is one and the same. When that pops up, that is the Keychain that you want. All right. Uh, Next is Kathy. My question is, can you
1: maybe review the correct way to do the um the rotor because it seems like you do it so gracefully like switching between words and characters and i don't know when i do my rotor i can do it a couple of times but if i have to do it more than three times in a row it like zonks out or i goes i don't know know.
2: so there is a um uh, there's a variety of ways to do it i'll i'll ask rita to To share her favorite ways. Maybe Mika will share. Maybe I don't know if Cliff's with us, but the way I do it is with my index finger and my middle finger on my right hand. And that usually seems to work whether or not the device is, you know, like my iPad, even if it's on a table, I can make that gesture work. Or certainly if I'm holding it in my hand, it's great on the iPhone because I use the left hand as kind of. leverage you know i'm holding the iphone where my hand my left hand is on the back of the iphone sort of fingers are wrapped around but not far enough to be touching the screen and so then i just pick up my right hand two fingers in the middle there, pointer and and middle finger and just rotate left or right like i'm turning a dial um rita what's your i don't know if you're back with us yet rita okay she may not be yet um about mm. mika what what? how do you like to use the rotor <laughs> <laughs> um i hold i have to think about it i hold
0: my phone in my right hand and i use my left hand so my index finger my middle
2: finger. oh that's interesting are you left-handed or do you just like to do that no i'm right-handed i just never think to do it, it just feels weird if i do it with okay. right hand <laughs> okay well that's cool that's a unique perspective some people will do it uh i've heard i think it's trainer lynn from our team i think she has talked about where you put, or maybe it's cliff. You put two fingers, one from each hand, on the display, and you just swipe up with one finger while swiping down with the opposite finger, from the opposite hand, and that is going to create that same motion as the the rotation uh, motion. So the, that's oh a couple gosh. of ways. That's awesome. Yeah, I know I, that, that's not one I, I have typically done, uh, but I mean it does work. Some people use their thumb. You know, I I don't know. As I say, it's very personal. Is that the kind of answer you were looking for? I I muted her. She might be. Okay. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) No, no, no. That's okay.
1: (laughs) They're having rotor issues of turning the get it to rotor for the rotor.
2: Correct. Uh, That was how I interpreted her question. Yes. She was asking how we do the rotor just to kind of review how how to do that
1: it really is i find this in older people where they've got some mobility issues with their wrist um but it really is like turning a radio old-fashioned radio dial whether you do that with two fingers or your uh, your thumb i use my thumb like the side of my thumb and my (laughs) forefinger, um you know to do it um
0: so Alright, next we have Beth. Hi everybody, I was just
4: wondering, I'm a news nut so I get a notification about a news story and I go and I'm reading along and all of a sudden you've got about a gazillion ads that you got to flick through and it drives me insane and the page doesn't have a reader thing, so is there a shortcut to go past those stupid ads?
2: <laughs> <laughs> it depends on the page, it depends on some websites have that as a separate heading and, and it'll be in between. And if you just swipe to the next heading, you set your rotor to headings and swipe to the next one, you'll skip over the ads. But on other websites, that's not conducive to what you want because it will skip over relevant information. I usually just swipe quickly through them if I ever encounter that. Now, I will, you know, as much as I love Safari and, and we're teaching Safari for that reason, this is the second time I've heard something from somebody that that's prompted me to say, you know, sometimes if there's a separate app, that's still the better way to go. You know? So in the case of news, I, now that's not going to tell you, you don't have ads on Apple news because sometimes you do, but Apple news is how I access my news. When I do access it, it's a, a great app for that. Just like, you know, um, I think it was Haley that had mentioned shopping. You know, I typically, when I'm shopping, use the app for whatever store I'm trying to shop at rather than I definitely have done it in Safari plenty of times. And sometimes you have to for certain websites. But, you know, like Amazon, Walmart, all those, I, I use the app rather than the web version because it, it does have, you know, features that are just more uh, exclusively designed for that. But, yeah, there really is not a, a magic answer to your question, I don't think. Um, Rita, any gosh yeah
1: you do. since every there's no standard do you know what I mean um, and uh, I flick quickly through also I know that is so frustrating and you already know about that reader function I mean that really is a wonderful thing when it works when it's available I'm trying to think of anything else maybe another search engine maybe I have a suggestion um, um, too
0: Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, So, this is Mika. My suggestion is that sometimes, um, now, this won't help if it's in the middle of the article, but sometimes there is the website itself will have a skip to the content, like a link that you
2: can double tap on. That's that's a great suggestion. And then it'll jump Mm -hmm. you there. Um, If there's not a reader mode, that is the next best thing, that's skip to content. And yes, you are correct that the only time that would not help is if it's in the middle of the article, which you do see sometimes. But um, yeah, when when you can find something with reader mode, that's really great because it just takes all the unnecessary stuff out of the picture.
0: All right. We will go to... All right, Fran. Hi, Matt. Um, Hi. your programs
4: every week, and um, (coughs) excuse me, I'm... I'm not real big on safari, but I'm anxious to learn. And are these are these shows, these calls being archived or podcasted or whatever that we can download them later?
0: Yes, they are on the ACB radio community channel. They play. Okay, cause I, they play I've only there. seen
4: like two or three of them. I haven't seen anything recently. And
0: then- also under acb the podcast the acb events podcast
4: right, yes yeah, where i'm looking
0: okay so they'll online. be up there eventually it, it does take a little bit of time sometimes but they'll okay. be up there okay thanks you're welcome all right janice yes I there you are
4: the here i am i found the, unmute. That? I the wrong button uh i have a question um i got an email from the acb they want to do the uh, the survey how how we like the convention and everything, and it was a great convention. But when I clicked on the link on my phone, uh, it kind of popped up and then it disappeared. And then what was the e- actual email was, came up, up again. And I can't seem to get to do the survey on my phone. Now, if I did it on my computer, I clicked the link, it would open up properly. But I can't seem to get it to o- the survey, unless it's just by phone. I'm not sure. If you know what I'm saying.
2: Um, so that is an interesting question. And I don't know which phone, which phone do you uh, have? Oh, what phone? Right. Yes. What kind of oh, phone? I have an,
4: I, I have an iPhone uh, 6S. I have an old phone.
2: And that may be a huge part of the problem because even though that phone is capable of running the current software, it's it's at the, the very yeah, bottom yeah. end of the, you know, it, it that may right. be the primary issue.
4: Yes, because when I, I did something, I got a receipt from the, from the store, because I had bought something from the mini mall, and it wouldn't go down to read what it needed to be read. And when I clicked on the link on the, when on the computer and opened up, everything came out, everything was there. So it might yeah, just that- be my phone
2: that's what it's sounding like to me, not having the exact email that you're referring to with the exact link that you're referring to in front of me. I can't, you know, confirm or deny anything, but I've certainly done plenty of those where I have opened up a link from an email, gone to the page, you know, whatever the case may be. And it's not a problem. So I suspect that it may be the age of the device.
1: Uh, And I completed that survey yesterday and it worked out good for me. I'm running a, I have an iPhone 11
0: pro. Um, so maybe that's it. Right. 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 Um, and I'm going to Sarah, Sarah, you should be unmuted. Okay. Thank you. Mika. And thanks Matt and the team. This is really
4: great and helpful. I've got two questions. One quick, I noticed under the um, reader tab, it said desktop settings um and when people are applying for i help people find jobs and oftentimes they try to do it on their phone can i tell uh-huh. them to desktop settings which sometimes will allow a better experience to complete some job applications and then another? absolutely
2: so that's um, definitely oh i'm sorry you want to ask your other one first or you want me to yeah it's up to you i'm no, sorry no 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 go go I just didn't want Mika to mute me before I got my second one in. <laughs> so, <laughs> I heard you You said you had two. Don't worry. Okay. She's, she's right. quick with that mute button. Yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. No, yeah, so absolutely. The desktop is, is the way to go there in many cases because it's going to provide the options that you may not see in the mobile version. Now, having said that, there are some websites that even if you show the desktop version it's not the true desktop version and they're still going to say to you you need a desktop browser the nice part about it is the ipad is a desktop browser so safari on the ipad will actually default to the full desktop experience and even if it's like a web-based you know like wordpress or google docs or something it will it will actually default to that so i but but on a phone i would try that um Okay. Request desktop site. Yeah. Yes,
4: that's good to know. I didn't realize that. And then my other question is, how can I alphabetize my bookmarks, and how do I delete a bookmark? So the the way you
2: work with your bookmarks, I don't think there is a built in feature that alphabetizes them. you can manually move them around, and you can delete them. But you have to go into bookmarks. So at the bottom of the screen on an iPhone, it's the you know the bookmarks button on that list of five buttons that Rita demoed, and you double tap on bookmarks, and then there is an edit button and I believe let me just check Uh, see if I can find it real quick here
1: uh, I'm going to try the item chooser on the bookmarks
2: oh okay show bookmarks and then at the very 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 bottom I did a four finger single tap near the bottom right it says edit and you can go into edit and then there's uh, at the bottom now there's a done button and a new folder button so you can add folders but each of these things you can like here's a an item that I have in my bookmarks and it's a, okay. All I have to do is to each one of these bookmarks, I can swipe up or down on it to get a rotor action. Delete is one of the rotor actions on every bookmark. Once you're in that edit mode, you can swipe up and it'll say, move down, move up, delete. All right. to Directly to the right of it is a reorder handle, which allows you to double tap and hold and actually drag the bookmark to a different place in the list. So you can manually reorder them. You just go to the top and see if there's any sorting options here. You can search favorites or bookmarks. I'm not seeing any built-in like automatic sorting options. You can manually drag them and you can swipe up and down on an item to choose delete. Once you're in that edit mode,
1: it sounds like a great to so drag you double tap and hold on it and bring it up you know, or, you know, to, to get them in alphabet. The item chooser is not working for in here for alphabetical listing.
2: Okay. All right. Um, and those are all of the questions that I'm going to take right now. All right. Great. And we'll, you know, we'll hopefully take some more before we close. So what I wanted to talk about for the rest of the time is some of the advanced stuff. Like we said, filling out forms, uh, you know, um, Web security and, and uh, the keychain and things of that nature. So, let me start with filling out forms. One of the most important things we probably want to know how to do because you have to do it in online shopping, in banking, in career searches, you might have to create profiles. You know, sometimes even to order a pizza, you got to create an account, right? And whether you do it in an app like the Pizza Hut app or on a website itself, you need to know how to fill out the forms. Now, most often, it is possible to just double tap on a field and start typing. You see first name, double tap, and you type. Find last name by swiping or by touch and double tap on it and type. But sometimes that doesn't always work because the websites can be coded in a variety of ways that can drastically affect the performance of the form. The best thing you can do is autofill, but we're gonna come back to that. I want to talk about doing the form yourself first. When you are in a form, and we didn't really, in in this group, we haven't spent a whole lot of time talking about using the on-screen keyboard. In our classes, we teach all about the on-screen keyboard, and we teach you that if you tap on the screen directly above the letters U, I, and O, because, you know, QWERTY keyboard, if you tap above those letters, you're going to find something very interesting. And if you can't, if you're not comfortable finding it that way, just start swiping on your keyboard, go left until you get to the letter Q. And it's one swipe to the left of the letter Q, you're going to find this thing. In this case, it's called the autofill bar. Sometimes it's called the autocorrect bar, the toolbar, all sorts of different names for this thing. Right now, it's autofill. Now, we're going to describe autofill in a moment, but before we describe that, there are two buttons, actually three buttons, that are always going to be on this bar when you are filling out forms they are the next button, the previous button, and the done button. They will 99.9% of the time, unless that website is coded in a really, really weird way, those buttons will always be present when you're filling out forms. If it is not possible for you to double tap in an edit field because it's not working, which sometimes will happen on forms. Again, it's just the way they're coded. You'll think you're in the last name field, and it turns out you're still in the first name field because you double tapped on last name and it didn't change or anything like that. This is the time when this is especially important to know. All you've got to do is double tap on that next button and it will take you to the next form field. If you double tap on the previous button, it will take you to the previous form field. And if you tap on the done button, it will completely hide the keyboard, which is critical for some websites because sometimes you type something in and then you try to hit go or submit and instead of doing that, it actually just keeps typing in the, in the field. Hitting that done button will prevent that completely from happening. So that's the first tidbit that I want to give you about filling out online forms. The next tidbit is about using pickers. Pickers are a crucial part of many different forms. Date selectors, picking your state when you're entering your address, where do we find the pickers or, or expiration dates for credit cards or birthdays, okay? When you double tap on a field that is going to prompt a picker to appear, on the iPhone, that picker is going to appear at the very bottom center of the screen. And this is helpful to know so you're not floundering around searching all over the place for that picker. So if you have a, a, an item that says like, select a state pop-up button, you double tap that or you hit the next button in the form and it brings you to it. And then just touch at the very bottom center of the screen. If you have a device with a home button, it's like right above the home button. If you don't, you still kind of have that muscle memory probably. Right. And so that's lift, your hands your
1: lift your hand away.
2: Cause exactly. a lot of times
1: when people are in those fields, you know, it's, it's it's like you're, especially if you're nervous or you're, you're not done in a lot. It, people, um, they get, uh, you, uh, shaky, I guess is the word. And so when you're in that edit field and you get that that picker item, lift your hand away and come back down and touch near the very bottom, right above where that home button would be. And there's your picker. And then you flick up and down to pick that picker. Okay. And then you flick left to done.
2: To Right. That's another one of those cases where I like to use that done button. Exactly. To make sure you get out of it. Yep. That's right. And that's our next tip. Now, as I stated a few minutes ago, one of my favorite things to do with forms is to auto-fill them. And if you have your contact information filled out properly, and all of your settings are the default settings, and you have never disabled this, it's going to work beautifully. And what it will do is, again, up above the letters U, uh, U I, and O on the keyboard on, on screen, in addition to those next and previous and done buttons, you might hear something like Auto fill contact. Now, there's going to be a couple things. Like if I type, if I tap in a, a field that says first name, there's going to be predictions. It knows my first name is Matthew. So it's going to predict that I might want to enter Matthew. But I don't actually want to use that one. I want to use the one that says auto fill contact because that's going to insert more than just Matthew. That's going to fill out everything it possibly can in the form for me. And again, every once in a while, you'll run into a website that is coded in a weird way. And then it won't work quite as well as it's expected to, but 99.9% of the time it does. And if I hit autofill contact, it's going to give me choices that'll pop up. Like, do I want to use my home email and iPhone number and home address? Do I want to use my work business email and you know, whatever. So I can pick once I double tap on autofill contact and I can even customize it and choose what gets autofilled. When I double tap on what I want, it just fills it out for me. So I can fill out first and last name, address, phone number, email address, city, state, zip code, all without ever having to type a single thing. It just puts the information in the correct form fields. Now, what about auto-filling passwords? And here's where we get to the keychain, which uh, I think it was Ibrahim asked about. The keychain is a feature that, uses military-grade encryption, really, really secure, really private, to store your sensitive login information and your credit cards, although they're viewable in two different places on the uh, device, but they are both stored in the keychain. And you can store usernames and passwords both for websites and for apps. You will be notified when you reuse a password or when your password is not considered to be strong. And you can look these up manually if you ever need to at a later time. You can share them securely with people if you ever need to. But best of all, you can just have them automatically inserted. So for example, if I'm creating a new account, I can use Keychain to automatically insert a strong password for me and then save that password to the Keychain. If I have iCloud Keychain enabled, it's going to sync with all of my devices, which is great. And if I'm signing into an existing account, all I have to do is double tap in the, you know, login field, email address, username, whatever it says, and it'll pop up. It's going to show up in one of two ways. It's either going to show up above the keyboard again, like we've been talking about in that autofill bar as a password option, or it may appear at the very bottom of the screen in a login, uh, little pop-up that says like, you know, log into whatever, and you swipe to the right and it says, use... Whatever username, either way, you just double tap on it and it's going to ask you to authenticate either with touch ID, face ID or a device passcode, whatever you have. And then it automatically and securely inserts the username and the password for you so that you never have to type it in a similar fashion. You can do this with credit cards. You can auto-fill credit cards. And, and this is different than Apple Pay. Please understand, it's not the same thing as Apple Pay. Apple Pay is great. I love Apple Pay. Whenever I can use it, it's wonderful. And we're going to talk about Apple Pay in a later session, I think. But this is not all, this is not Apple Pay. This is just auto-filling stored credit cards into a web field. And it will automatically fill the credit card number and the expiration date. The only thing you'll have to type is the three or four-digit security code. Actually, if you are an Apple card holder, you won't even have to type that because it stores the security code for your Apple card. And again, it saves you tons and tons of typing by just doing that. The last part of the form discussion before we move on to some other tidbits is the CAPTCHA. Many forms have CAPTCHAs. I'm not a big fan of them. Uh, I, I truly believe from my knowledge of the way technology works now that captchas are not needed. If the web host is doing their job behind the scenes, they can actually mitigate the the spam issues and and you really don't need them. And by the way, the folks at WordPress agree with me on that because when you design a WordPress website, they have secure forms that do not use captchas, but you still don't have spam issues because they deal with it on the back end. But unfortunately, there are still websites that use captchas. Here's the good news. They don't have to be as big of a problem as we make them yes i'm not a fan of them but they don't have to be you know horrible things if you can hear you can do the audio challenge and you just put a check in the box that says i am not a robot and then at the bottom of the screen and it should jump your voiceover cursor there automatically but in rare cases it won't and you just have to tap near the very very bottom of the screen. Again, I recommend a four finger single tap near the bottom to get there. You're going to find the options to enter the characters that appear. Then you'll see, you know, get a new challenge, get an audio challenge. You can double tap on that. It's going to put the cursor in the correct place. It'll say, um, press play and then enter the audio, what you hear, you know, so you just double tap on where it says press play and it will do it for you. It will read it for you. And then you can, you can type it in there. If you are a Google user, most of the websites nowadays are using the Google CAPTCHA API. So if you're signed into a Google account, you may not even have to do the audio challenge. As soon as you click I'm not a robot, a lot of times it will just verify you automatically. And the last means of authentication that you'll see is, hey, we've sent you a code in your text messages, enter the code to continue. This is really cool. When you get a text message, with a six-digit verification code, or however many digits it is, and you double tap in the edit field where it says, "Hey, we've just sent you a code. Enter the code we texted to, you know, seven one seven, whatever." Um, you double tap in that edit field again. Remember that autofill bar right above the keyboard, above U, I, and you know? O. There's going to be a thing there that says "From Messages." Automatically, you don't ever open the message. If you open it, it will it will not work. You got to let it there as an unread message. But it automatically then will autofill that code for you. You don't even have to switch over to messages, try to memorize that code, try to deal with copying, pasting. You don't have to do any of that. You just double tap in that edit field that's asking for the code, tap above the keyboard, and find the icon that says from messages. Just double tap and it'll put it right in there for you. All right, Rita, what uh, what would you like to add here when it comes to forms and captures and all that good stuff?
1: That autofill is a godsend it's uh and it, you can find that right above the U, I, and O on the keyboard and it is just amazing like when you're trying to enter forms how predictive the stuff comes in uh it's just wonderful <laughs> uh, like for example i'm there's a contest going on with qvc uh shopping club and <laughs> and so um it has you, you know, you can enter daily to win this prize. And so I go there and I, I can do it in seconds now because it auto fills all my contact information. And then I just hit submit and boom, I'm done, you know. And before I would have had to, you know, go to the first name field, open that up, type my name. Okay. So anyway, really, really handy. And Keychain, I am a Keychain Con- convert, you know, I, I before I, I had all my passwords, you know, and I had them brailled out, and and I would just, you know, create these creative passwords, and it has gotten overwhelming because every place you go to wants, you know, if you create an account, you it wants a password, and um, when you use Keychain, the system generates these. Wonderful secure passwords for you, and they store them right there. And so it's been a time saver, tremendous. Absolutely. So, really encourage use the keychain. I know a lot of people, you know, they're, they're still doing it the way I was doing it, you know, trailing everything out and are trying to memorize their passwords or, or no, no, you know, use the same password all the time, you know, just um, and really this keychain has changed. Um, it for you know keeping things secure, and they're stored right there. So I don't even knew, remember any of my passwords anymore for these places like QVC or like Pandora or my credit cards.
0: Or, oh, I'm the same way.
2: I, I yeah, there's a lot of passwords that I have that I I don't have any clue what they are, but they're just stored in there. Praise God, you just go in there; it auto fills it for you. If somebody needs them, you know, if my wife or one of the kids needs to sign into the same account, I can just airdrop them the password. And they can store it in their keychain. It's super easy. Now, the other thing I'd like to mention real quickly... Did you have something else, Rita? I'm sorry. No, no. I'm good. Oh, okay. All right. I wanted to mention real quickly, and we won't get into how all of this works, but I do want to tell you that it is entirely possible to download files in Safari now. And so, you know, that technically really has been possible since probably iOS 10, but it's gotten a whole lot easier and more robust in iOS 13. And iPad OS, and so you can download things. They, uh, you can. There's a downloads folder, which by default is created in iCloud for you. You can specify a different location if you want, but I love it in iCloud because it's on all my devices. And then you can, you know, you can have the uh, access to whatever you've downloaded later. Um, you can unzip things. Now it's getting a little bit more into the Files app than we really have time to do today, but at some point, you, you maybe we'll do that. But it, it is. It's fully possible. I mean, anything you would expect from a computer can be done on the iPad and the iPhone. So I think, Rita, do you have anything else to add? Otherwise, I think we can just go back to the. Because I just looked, it's almost 20 after four. And we <clears throat> just take the last, you know, 10 or 15 minutes here to entertain more questions. And that I think is a great way to teach too. But, you know.
1: Yeah. Just encourage people to use Safari. It really is. It's one of the most secure web browsing experiences you're
2: going to have. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's, and I heard Rita mentioning that earlier and I'm glad you brought it up again because I forgot uh, that's when we were walking in and so forth, but uh, it is, you know, it, it is no exaggeration to say that Apple is just on a whole different plane when it comes to security, when it comes to privacy, you know, I, I it, it's been no secret that I'm an Apple person we've said all along and I always joke with people I've said it on these things before too I think that if Apple made a toothpaste I would buy it because I know it would be good but <laughs> you know I, I also have to give credit where credit is due you know Google classroom is a great great app uh, Google um, Google Wi-Fi system you know uh, uh, Alexa there's some really really good stuff out there but I'm telling you when it comes to privacy and security and a lot of other things too but in, in this example privacy and security, Apple just wins hands down. I mean, they just, you know, they, they take it seriously. They don't collect your data and then farm it out to other people. They don't, um, they, they anonymize things so that it's not, they're not tied to your, you know, Apple ID and, and your name and all of these other things. Um, Safari has a great private browsing mode. If you're, you know, trying to, buy a present for a uh, you know a spouse or a child or a roommate or something and you don't want them to you know to see what you've been browsing you can turn on private browsing um I- I also really think
1: Matt, there's so much to cover here that I think that for another episode, you might want to look at the files app and downloading something from Safari and where it goes yes. to files. Cause I think that's a mystery to people where I their agree. documents go when you download things.
2: I agree. I think I, yeah.
1: Great, great demo.
2: I do too.
0: All right. You have about 10 minutes and are you ready for questions? We sure are. I'm going to go to
4: Linda. Linda, you can unmute yourself. Okay, I have a quick question because I'm hearing impaired as well as visually impaired, and um, the CAPTCHA thing. What do you do when you can't see or hear the CAPTCHA?
2: Right when you when you can't hear or see it,
1: it can be
2: a, a bit of a problem. Um, and I I think my you know the, the biggest the best suggestion that I have heard from people in that front is to actually contact. The company that you're working with, the customer service, you know, uh, I think these things, these captures are going to get, they already have begun to get fewer and farther between. And I think that's going to continue to the point that eventually you won't see them. You know, I think we're on our way to that. Um, But I, you know, it's still going to take some time. Um, But that right now is, uh, you know, there are some things that claim to be able to solve, you know, certain Google Chrome, if you use Chrome instead of Safari, which I'm certainly not encouraging here. uh, But, you know, there are certain uh, browsers or browser extensions for Chrome and stuff that claim to be able to solve CAPTCHAs for you. There are also CAPTCHA solving services that you can pay to solve the CAPTCHAs for you. But, you know, I think the, the most reasonable for most people options would be, you know, if you got somebody cited that you can get. I don't know how like be my eyes or IRA would work with captchas, whether they'd be able to see the thing, or maybe you could play it for them, you know, the audio and say, Hey, I, I can't hear this real well. Can you tell me what it said? You know, that you could certainly do something like that too. Even if it was just FaceTime a friend or a family member and say, Hey guys, what did this just say? You know, you wouldn't even have to have them see the capture. They could listen to the audio challenge if, if their hearing's good. Um, that's probably about the best options I can think of yeah. right now, yeah,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and a lot of them now also um some of them are like add two plus two or whatever, which is really nice. yeah
2: those are nice well, when you can get those, yes. yeah, yeah,,
4: all right, uh next is Karen uh yes, I really enjoy these sessions. Thank you now, Matt, you're opening a whole new world for me because um I've never used keychain, um, and it seems like. I always thought that if anyone hacked into my keychain, it would all be over in one fell swoop, but you're saying not? Well, I'm saying
2: that while there's no unsinkable ship, Apple stuff is about as secure as it gets, and I feel very confident with it. I use it every day. I've got hundreds of passwords stored in keychain. What you want to make sure that you're doing, Karen, is using two-factor authentication with your Apple ID. Because if you use two-factor authentication then even and and also a very strong password with your Apple ID, all right? So if you're doing that, then even in the unlikely event that somebody would figure out or hack into your username and password, they're still not going to be able to get into your Apple ID because it's going to send you a message. It actually happened to my wife once. She got a, a message saying someone from, I don't know, like Beijing or something like that is trying to sign into your Apple ID. If you, if you want them to sign in, hit allow. Now, even if you hit allow, by the way, it's going to give you a code that you would then have to provide to them. They got to enter a code to get it. But of course, in this instance, she hit don't allow because you know she knew they weren't supposed to be in her Apple ID. So two-factor authentication with your Apple ID first. Make sure you have that set up. Make sure that on your own devices... And you, you have... find
1: two-factor authentication in settings? Right, settings... Top on um, your name.
2: Yeah, your name at the very top. Yeah, that's um, right. Very know. first thing after the search. Very yep. first thing. A um, quick follow-up.
4: A quick follow-up. So basically the two step so Factor. When, with anything, when, uh-huh. Right. When, a, when an account says to me, do you want to save your password for this account? Um, I should say yes, and it'll bring me to the keychain. Yep. It, it, it will. It will just do it. Actually, it'll, it'll just say, do it. It yep. won't
1: open keychain. It'll just do right. it.
2: Right. It just does. Okay. It.
1: Yep. And then, and then, what happens is, is when you when you want to look at your passwords, you open settings on your phone, and then you go down to where it says passwords and accounts. Okay. And you open that one finger double tap, and then. Um, You hit on passwords, okay, and it'll want your face ID or your Apple ID to get into it, to open it even. And then they'll be all alphabetically listed, all your passwords.
2: Right. So if you ever do need to see them, that's where you can do it.
4: Okay, thank you.
0: All right. Thank you. Um, Our next question um, and our last question is from area code 410. Hi, um, Mika, it's Meryl. Hi,
5: Matt. Can you hear me? Hi,
0: yes. great. Okay. How are you doing? Um,
5: awesome call. Um, my question from the first part of the presentation. Um, somehow I did something, I won't say stupid, it, crazy, I guess. And um, I pressed the thing that said, Time, tap out, uh, t- time, tap, um, time out, tap, or something like that. Tap, time out. And because of that, I can't get. The sounds, like the haptics, when I swipe to the left or right, you know, using with headings or anything else I want to use, I can't get those nice sounds that I love to come on. So you'd want to open settings? settings? Well, first close out,
1: you know, do an app switcher, close out whatever you've got running. Okay. Okay, you know how to do that,
5: right? Yeah, yes. I have the success. by the way, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, Okay. Uh,
1: so, you know, two... Two taps on the home button. Close out three finger. Close out everything. <laughs> okay. okay. Open settings. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then go to touch. Touch. Uh, Matt, I'm trying to remember touch. Touch ID. Touch.
2: Well, no. Wait uh, a minute. See, I'm not 100. percent Are you talking about haptic the tap timeout? Yeah, the
5: haptics. Like, uh, yeah, I pressed that by accident, and now I can't get the haptics or the clicks to do any. You know, make a sound. Even when I'm double tapping, I can't hear the. Double tap, you know, the sound. when you Now, see, here's the thing. That.
2: Double double tap timeout doesn't mean that. So I'm wondering if we also maybe inadvertently modified some other setting, like turning off the sounds or the haptics, or if we've accidentally muted the device with the side switch, or if nothing mm, else, okay. maybe, maybe we just need to give it a good restart. Because double tap timeout mm-hmm. means the amount of time that you can wait between the two taps when you're double tapping on an icon. I think by default it's like a half a second or something like that. And anything longer oh, than that no. is not is not interpreted as a double tap. It's interpreted as two single taps, which will result in you know totally different results. So oh, okay. I don't – now I will admit to you that I've never played with that. But I can't think mm-hmm. of any logical reason why that would have the effect you're describing – I know. Of the um, sounds and the haptics.
5: I'll probably uh, call Apple because I did try a lot of things you suggested after doing
2: some research. But yes, yeah. I would. I would definitely restart the device. I would go to Settings, Accessibility, Voice Over, and I would make sure that under Sounds that the sounds and the haptics are turned on. That they didn't, you know, somehow get turned off. You can also go to the regular sounds and haptic settings under under settings and just not under accessibility and make sure that you, you know, again, or, or check your silence mute ring switch on the side. There's a few different options that I would check there um, as well. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank
0: you for your question, Meryl. Mm -hmm. And my goodness, this time. I'm just, it just flies
2: by. <laughs> it does. It really does. And every we, we time. Have, you know, so much more we can talk about with Safari. And so what I'm going to do is give you the contact info, as I said. And, you know, we do offer uh, every every fall and spring, we offer free courses that you can take, no cost. They're group training sessions. Or we also offer paid one-on-one training that you can actually purchase. In addition to that, we offer weekly virtual help sessions that are free that you can come in and just specifically ask your questions about safari or anything else that is related to apple products and we're going to be announcing our fall and spring schedule training schedule tomorrow at our virtual tech summit uh this is our second annual tech summit and unfortunately we didn't get to be together in person this time we're all kind of bummed about that but we're still going to have a great time as I said, we're going to talk about and announce our schedules, our training plans, what courses we're going to be offering in the fall and in the spring, and we're also going to have a little fun. Um, we have a game we like to call Stump the Instructor. We're going to do some trivia, just some, some really nice stuff, about a two-hour uh, presentation in Zoom. You can find out about all of that, how to join, when to join, where everything's at, by going to the Tech Juggernaut website, which is Tech. Dot net. So that's Tango, Tango, Juliet, T-T-J, Tech, the word tech, okay, T-E-C-H dot N-E-T, so T-T-J, Tech dot net. Now, of course, when you're there, you can find our upcoming dates, you can find our our um, previous posts, you can look up you know, the packages of training and all that, but you can also subscribe to the blog. And that's what I highly encourage, because once you're subscribed to the blog, you will not miss anything, because you'll get an email every time we announce something. And I would suggest you do it soon because in about probably the next two hours or so, we're going to be announcing the exact start time and details for tomorrow night's um, Tech Summit live stream. So again, head on over to ttjtech.net. You can also go to our podcast from there. Um, So lots of great stuff for you to do at ttjtech.net.
0: And I am subscribed to your email and I have to tell you, it is really wonderful. So I highly, excuse me, I highly suggest that, that you all subscribe to that blog because it's fantastic all right um i want so thank you so much matt and rita for being here and for teaching us and giving us your time and your talent and thank you all for attending and doug thank you so much for streaming and thank you acb
4: radio listeners for listening and we will see you back here again next week
2: thanks so much everybody
4: bye